You're locked into HBCU Pulse, the number one outlet for HBCU students. What's up, Jalen? What's going on, bro? How you doing? I'm going to take a few minutes of your time today as you celebrate, man. But hopefully you staying in the house today because you know what I'm saying, it's been going on. But uh, You know, yeah, we but- COVID say, where my mask at? It's like, we COVID say, <laughs> probably. But we got a lot of great things that you have going on that you've been doing for your students, that you've done for your HBCU while you was an undergrad. Now you're moving on to my hometown. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, so I know all about St. Aug. And all the okay. great things she's doing right there at St. Aug. Um, right across the street from that McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know what I'm saying. <laughs> We're going to start at your time in undergrad and why you chose NCCU as your HBCU that you decided to attend. Well, first and foremost, hello, everyone. My name is Jalen Baker. Blue Phi, happy Founders Day to all the brothers of Phi Beta Sigma on the live right now. You know, we got to turn up one time for 170 years. It's a blessing to be here representing my fraternity, so I'm so excited. So why did I choose North Carolina Central University? So I'm uh, born in Durham, North Carolina, as I like to say. I was born, raised, and educated in the Bull City of Durham, North Carolina. Being there, I had an opportunity to explore NCCU's campus um, in middle school through some summer programs that kind of, you know, took me on a STEM gear. Then I actually went to high school on the campus of North Carolina Central University for the Josephine Dobbs Clement Early College High School. So I had a great experience to be on the campus as a student in high school, and that afforded me the opportunity to network with a lot of people and kind of build a family orientation with North Carolina Central University. And so when it was actually a time for me to apply to college. I originally wanted to go to Hampton, um, but when I applied to college, I only applied to North Carolina Central University. Like, I had experienced so much there. Um, I was a student body president of my high school, and I that opened a lot of doors for me on Central's campus. So I, I only wanted to go there. That was the only place to be. Yeah, you've been in the 919 your whole life. But um, talk about some of your experiences in undergrad that helped you um, get the position that you have right now as the director of student engagement at St. Aug. Like I mentioned, I would say that my experiences in undergrad really started when I was in high school. So when I was in high school, like I mentioned, I was a student body president of the early college. And because we were on the college campus, I used that opportunity to network myself with the college students on campus. So when I came as a freshman, I had some college credits and it was like, well, hey, we have an e-board position. Instead of running for like freshman class president and stuff, you're not even gonna qualify for that. You got too many credits. So why don't you join our e-board? So I joined the e-board my freshman year. And from that point, I was connected to so many upperclassmen, like the class of 2014, 2013, 2012. They really took me under their wings. They did a lot of things and they kind of helped me grow and mold and I, and I found an interest there and then the biggest thing was I found a mentor. My mentor was very very influential to me being able to matriculate and grow as somebody who wanted to work in higher education. Um, so being there I went from my freshman year being involved with the student government associations um, executive board to I crossed over to student activities board. Um, my sophomore year, I was Mr. SAB. Um, I was Student Activities Board Vice President. And then, of course, my senior year, I was Student Activities Board President. So that, being in the fraternity, um, engaging with the university's honors program, the Centennial Scholars Program, I was able to actually engage in a lot of different things that made me want to say, I want to work in higher education. And one of my mentors on the campus at that time, who was very influential to me even making my decision to be a Sigma, he was the Vice Chancellor of Student Affairs. His name is Dr. Kevin Rome. He is a mentor, he's an inspiration to me. The work that he does in higher education is remarkable. And at that moment, when I met that man, um, I said, I wanna be the vice president of student affairs at an institution. I want to be someone who's gonna be able to make a change. And so it was those things at that moment that helped me 
build my um, my experiences and build my reputation and my expectation to want to work in higher education and student affairs. So you mentioned that you um, went to a middle college um, as you were in high school. So were you a part of Sigma Beta when you were in the middle college or did y'all not? No, I was not a part of Sigma Beta. To be honest, I had no idea what Phi Beta Sigma was until maybe my senior year of high school. Um, I actually met my immediate profites when I was in uh, high school. And so they were influential and so it kind of molded my mindset to wanting to be a Sigma. Um, but the funny thing is after I joined my organization, I found so much more interest in, and I had an understanding of why God guided me in the direction of this. Because one of my um, uncles is a Sigma, um, my minister at my church was a Sigma. A lot of people that I actually grew up around were Sigmas and I had no idea. So it was kind of helped me understand and see that, but I actually wasn't a part of the Sigma Beta Club. However, I'm a big advocate for it. That was one of the main things that I definitely wanted to work with. Um, once I was able to join the organization, which I have been afforded the opportunity to do so. Now, what about the Gamma Gamma chapter of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated stood out to you on campus? Well, man, the no guts, no glory, go hard and go to home. Gamma Gamma chapter of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, man. That is a, a major, amazing group of brothers who, without a doubt, have been influential in my life. So like I said, I met my immediate profiles when I was a senior in high school. And from the time that they, before I even knew about Sigma, had a thought in my mind of joining Sigma. From the time that they met me, they took me under their wings, they cultivated me, they told me when I was wrong, they helped me when I was right. They helped build me and mold me to being someone. I never felt threatened or pressured or, or any type of angst against them when I was trying to join my organization, when I was expressing interest. Um, when they talked to me about Sigma, it was something that was very, very helpful. Um, that they, they, they kind of guided me. They gave me a, a respectable light. And now that we are professional men from my line brothers to my profites and even my neos, um, it, it further validates my understanding of Phi Beta Sigma and the reason why I joined this chapter because they're successful men. We are all successful men in our different walks of life. Me being the age I am and accomplishing the things that I've, I've accomplished so far in my life, I'm, I'm very thankful. And it is because of the Gamma Gamma chapter that has motivated me and molded me. You know, one thing about joining a fraternity, and this is any fraternity or sorority, you have the components to be great within you. Um, great organizations don't make us great. We make organizations great. Um, we mold, mold ourselves through the relationships, through the understanding and the work that we have to uphold and that we acknowledge for our founders. Um, when we are members of our organization. And it's because of that and then because of my brothers, whether they came before me or who crossed after me, that I continue to grind and continue to push. Um, I made an oath to my organization that I would herald and defend it even against the world. And for me, that means in everything that I'm doing with Phi Beta Sigma and everything that I'm doing representing not just the Gamma Gamma chapter, but my alumni chapter, the Durham alumni chapter, the Delta Zeta Sigma, Bull City Sigmas, everything that I do represents them and represents Gamma Gamma. And I have to continue to push. And it's because of those brothers in Gamma Gamma and Delta Zeta Sigma that motivated me to be the type of person I am. They motivated me to continue to push and pull out those things that I already knew that I had inside of myself. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about your time post-graduation between okay. you graduating and working uh -huh. for St. Augs. So what did that look like for wow. you? Wow. So that time between... Um, from graduating to getting to St. Augustine's University was about a five-year time span. You know, my career didn't start as soon as I graduated. I graduated um, in a direction that I would recommend that no student do. I was that stellar student leader. I was a stellar student leader. Um, but I let that student leader piece 
overpower me preparing for my life and preparing for those things that I need to get ready for. So when I graduated, I had no idea what I was going to do. I had no job and everything. My first few months after graduation, I worked at Hollister. I was assistant manager at Hollister. I worked for AT&T when I graduated. I worked for Best Buy. You know, I made my way around. I worked for Lenovo for a bit of time. Um, it wasn't until maybe a year and a half after me graduating that I got my footprint into higher education. Um, uh, opportunity was afforded to me at my alma mater, North Carolina Central University, that allowed for me to be uh, assistant coordinator of student engagement. It was my first higher education position and it opened up a lot of opportunities. They saw the potential that I had when I was a student and I was able to transcend that position into something that, multi that you know, cultivated success for me, um, uh, a stepping stone for or the foundation of my career focus. Um, I knew from the time that I was an undergrad that I wanted to work in higher education and student affairs. Um, but North Carolina Central University, again, um, I, to be truthful, I was laid off from Lenovo. Um, and when I was laid off, you know, anybody who loses their job, they, they don't know what to do. Sometimes they're lost. But I went home. And home for me is North Carolina Central University. I went home and it opened doors for me to, to be able to grow and to actually spread my wings some more. And when I, when I gained what I needed to gain at NCCU, they not only said, you did an outstanding job, but they pushed me out the nest, you know? They pushed me out the nest and encouraged me to go to another to another height that I didn't even know I was ready for. Um, from leaving NCCU, I became the assistant director of student engagement and leadership at uh, Guilford College. Um, Guilford College is a, a, a PWI. It's something that I was not ready for, um, that I didn't think I was ready for. Sometimes when I get into those diverse settings, I get a little nervous, I get a little scared. I wasn't sure how I was gonna flourish at an institution that's not an HBC. You know, that's different for me. Like, oh, wow, this is not NCCU. This is not 1040 breaks. They didn't even have Greek life. So it's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But I was able to actually be successful at Guilford. Um, my, my boss was an NCCU alumni. And so working with them and actually being the only all African-American team at that institution actually helped me. You know, I had an amazing um, intern, a graduate assistant. I call her my associate director, Leticia Watkins. She was amazing. My boss, who was a new Tim Johnson, he was amazing. They pushed me to be uncomfortable. They told me when I was wrong and they again continued to cultivate me. And one thing I want to remember and, and, and to pay attention to as I'm talking about my experiences is that, you know, there was always someone there to assist me along the way. You know, I didn't just obtain this level of success by myself, whether it be family, friends, frat brothers, um, associates. Um, one of the greatest things that you can have as being a member of Greekdom is the network of other Greeks. You know, my brothers have been stellar. My brothers have been dynamite. And I know that I can lean on the shield just enough for them to always support me without allowing the shield to break. But when it comes to that network that you gain with being a Greekdom, you always have someone who's going to support you if you utilize that resource correctly and show them that you are about the business that your organization represents. So from then going to Guilford College and taking a leap of faith in a, in a role of being a director fell into my lap. And you know, something I tell a lot of people, there were two other opportunities for me to be a director somewhere that fell into my lap before St. Augustine's and I said no because I didn't think I was ready for it. Uh, I didn't think that I would be able to, to handle those responsibilities, but going to St. Augustine's University really was one of the best blessings that ever came into my life, man. Um, St. Augustine's University, whether it be small, is an HBCU that has a lot of pride, has a lot of passion, it has a lot of love, man. Um, St. Augustine's University has a lot of, we like to call it uh, the miracle on Oakwood Avenue, man, because there are a lot of 
there are a lot of things that can happen on that campus. There are a lot of lives that can change on that campus. And me being um, the director of student engagement in Greek life, and now I also oversee orientation at St. Augustine's University, man, I not only was able to, to instill change in that campus, but in myself, because I was able to tap into some potential in myself that I had doubted twice before I got there. I wasn't sure that I would be able to be successful. There are times that I second doubt myself. There are times that I see that maybe the students aren't ready for what I have to offer. But time and time again, the result shows otherwise. Um, I was able to be the staff member of the year my first three to four months working at an institution. Man, that was that was that was transformative for my life. That was a remarkable thing just to 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 say, you know, I post everything on social media. I'm very vocal about the things I do because I don't just do it for myself. My story is also going to impact somebody else. Somebody else is doubting or, or lacking in their mental, their ability to be successful. Um, but you don't have to doubt yourself. You don't have to lack because you too can can be that transformative person that you 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 have the potential to be. And St. Augustine's University has opened opportunities and afforded me that opportunity to really grow into being that director of of St. Aug, that director, Jalen Baker, Director Baker, Mr. Jalen, Jalen, Mr. Baker, whatever people <laughs> call me, you know. Um, and anybody will tell you, I love my students tenfold. My students from Guilford still call me to this day, their family. My students from NCCU still call me to this day, their family. And my students at St. Augustine's University, I, I trust and believe that they, they look at me as family. And I'm gonna always do that because my mentors did that to me, you know? They had that, that love, that dedication that they gave back to their to the students. And they, they, they believed in their students. They saw passion in their students. And that's what I'm all about. I'm not doing anything that I do in my career for myself. It's all about my students and it's all about making a change. Yeah, I have career goals. Yeah, I have aspirations. And yeah, I'm gonna take a picture outside every now and then because I'm gonna try to not, you know, try my best <laughs> to be fresh. But it's because I, I'm all about changing lives. I'm all about giving back to somebody else. You know, I find happiness in helping others. And that's what working in these fields, working in the field of student affairs affords me the ability to do. And you mean that because I know I know for a fact what you received, you gave as well. Because I know you went to my friends like DJ Trills, DJ Show Out. Um, I even had a conversation with you before because people yes. have referred me to you uh, multiple times as far as doing events at St. Aug. So student engagement is something that I'm really, really, really strong on. So we're going to go a little bit into that as far as you coming from a school that is one of the bigger HBCUs compared uh -huh. to St. Aug's enrollment is around a thousand students. I feel like student engagement at the smaller HBCUs are it's a lot more prevalent as far as it, it makes a lot more of an impact. Um, and mm. why do you feel like, um, what's the difference as far as playing events for the smaller HBCU versus the big ones? Yeah, so, you know, being at NCCU, and this was a this was something that I really had to think about and really had to consider when I, I you know, started to program at smaller institutions, because Guilford College was a smaller school as well. You know, the same things that work at one school may not work at another. The same things that work at one HBCU may not work at another. So what I have to do is take my experiences and mold them to fit the campus culture. I have to understand the dynamics of the culture so that I can learn the ins and outs of what makes the students excited. You know, one school may have a strong DMV population, so you know your go-to is going to be go-go. But mm -hmm. at St. Augustine's University, we have a strong international population. That's something I'm not accustomed to. So that was a learning curve for me. And I still going to have to think about and consider the different things that will require me to, you know, be inclusive to them. Um, at any institution, you have to get on the ground and actually learn your students. You have to think about what are the things that your students need. You have to think about what can I do to connect with them. And there's nothing worse than somebody who doesn't understand their students. I don't know what my students need. 
and I and I'm not going to know what they need unless I actually get on the ground and try to to, to understand and to try to to think how they think. You know, even though I'm a young professional, the, a student is different from me. The generation gap is different. Different things attract different people, and so I have to understand what I can do to to connect with them. And in four years, I'm gonna have to do it again. You have to have the ability to be versatile as a professional to be able to be successful with your students. I'm not I'm not the pinnacle of success yet. I'm not the pinnacle of success at all. But I do know how to be versatile and understand what it takes for me to to be a game changer with my students. What it will take for me to really understand what my students need. And I'm gonna always be that way. I'm gonna always go first. Um, my boss will tell you, I'm gonna I'm a stand 10 toes on what I believe. And we might, you know, push back and forth, but they, um, they're they gonna really, 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 you know, work hard to, to do what needs to be done to help me when they see my passion. If you are a professional and you show your passion your staff, your team members, your coworkers, your bosses, they're gonna go 10 toes with you to make sure that they can help you achieve what you need for your students, you know? Um, and then I also have to, to learn, you know, if there are a lot of things that I don't know what I'm doing in my profession, I'm gonna go reach out to those at other institutions, man. I have friends who work at all the HBCUs just about, and I know I can call on them and say, hey, I need some advice. Or, hey, what is it that you're doing? Do you think I can take this program? Do you think I can take this initiative? Um, and then innovation. That's the biggest key, man. You gotta be innovative, especially in this time right now. We don't know when stuff gonna be back regular. We're gonna be virtual for so long, we don't truly know. So we have to really um, embark with, we have to grow, excuse me, with the level of innovation that we provide on our college campuses to really be um, world changers, to be changers in higher education and to be impactful to our students. Knowing what your students want, that's that's what you really like. That's what I really took away from what you just said. Knowing what your students want, because the worst thing that you can have happen is people ask, who asks for this? When you throw in the thing or you put something together and somebody like, oh, like, yeah. we ain't even, you feel me? Like, that's why ain't nobody showing up, but the numbers kind of show that. And I feel like at bigger schools, because there's so many students, they feel like the engagement is higher than it actually is because there's so many filler students when it's really only 5% of the school, 10% of the school because yeah. you have thousands of students. Well, I like that though. I really like that you get on and the it, ground. And a, and a way to really identify that in higher education, we really thrive with assessment. Um, and, a, and I encourage student organizations, and my student organizations in particular, to you have to have have an assessment time you have to assess the different things that you do because that's how you understand what your clients what your customers want what they need assessment is essential to any entity whether it's hbcu post saying all five beta sigma you got to understand what your consumers want and you won't know that if you don't take the time to reach out to them provide surveys talk to them face to face sum it up and just you know show the numbers show the research you mean we have to be students first at every step of the way and that first and foremost always means getting out to our students learning to, to attempt to be relatable or to understand our students and take in the knowledge that, they're, they, that they have to understand what they're doing. You know, cause working in student affairs, there's a key word in there, student affairs, you know? Working in student affairs is not about the success of me as Jalen Reginald Baker. Working in student affairs is not the success of St. Augustine's or North Carolina Central or Guilford or North Carolina a or whatever. It's about the fact that our students are the clients. We have to make sure that our students are world ready leaders that they are transformative leaders, that they're able to not only have a remarkable experience in college, but cultivate them to the point where they're gonna to wanna to give back and represent the institution well. And that can only happen when they're happy, when they are at that point where they can be successful and thrive with the institution. Now, when you have student leaders on your board for four years, two years, sometimes just one year, what are some things that you look to implement in their life that stick with them forever as they're working under you as a student leader? Oh, wow, man. And you know that, 
that has changed as I have continued to grow as a professional. Um, now, in my point, I put a lot of importance on education. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be transparent. I didn't have the best grades when I graduated college, you know? I don't always have the best grades, but education is extremely important. Um, being a versatile leader. Somebody who's all books and no play is not gonna be successful. And somebody who's all play and no books is not gonna be successful. You gotta have a healthy balance. Networking and communication. I try to utilize my network. When I have events where I need people to speak, I invite my friends, I invite my former classmates, my frat brothers, people that they can see and be like, Jalen went to school with these people or Jalen grew up with these people. And now they out here all doing their thing, running the world. And I want my, my students and my peers to understand the power of that network. Your network of the people that surround you is going to help you. It's going to help you so often. And the number one thing that I always preach is communication and establishing a network. Two, your reputation. Your reputation is everything. Now, you're going to have those times where people are going to try to take you down because, unfortunately, we, we are a group of people who um, sometimes we get jealous when we see others being successful or achieving things that we haven't achieved. And uh, unfortunately, that's human nature. Um, but working to uh, maintain a positive reputation is another thing that is, is super important. We have to make sure that, you know, it's not about who we know sometimes. It's about what they know about us. You know, there are people mm -hmm. who know about me that I don't even know about. You know, I, I had my boss tell me somebody brought you up, Jalen, and they said some remarkable things about you, man, and that, that continue to validate why we hired you. And I'm sitting here thinking like, wow, I never, ever, ever knew that people would talk about me like this. So communication, networking, um, and how you represent yourself is, is so important to your success. Um, I, I like to say that I am successful for my age. I am successful for who I am, but I do fall too. And so the last thing that I teach my students is being transparent about your faults and your failures, because mm -hmm. you never know who needs to see that. You never know how there's a somebody who's a student leader and sees you and they they, they look at themselves and see you, um, but think that you're perfect when in reality you fail too, you've hurt, you've fallen. You know, you gotta be able to show that, that personal touch, you know, because we're all human and you wanna show them that aspect of yourself so that you can show them that you too can do this. You too can be successful even if you fall from time to time. And you mentioned earlier that you and your boss sometimes clash head to head. Now, as a student leader, what is the correct way, um, being an advisor and seeing that you've been on both sides, to go about giving pushback without being disrespectful? Um, uh, communications in a relationship. I think oftentimes the hardest thing from a from a student affairs perspective, I'm gonna give you from a student a perfect student affairs perspective and then from a student perspective. And this is something that I'm really passionate about because I was a student not too long ago. To the best of our ability as higher ed professionals, be transparent about what's going on. And that's one thing I appreciated about NCCU. They were transparent, like, we ain't got the money. It's not in a budget. This is why we can't do it. You know, as opposed to, it's like, oh, this is lame, I'm bored, we can't do this, but we're not really telling them why we can't do it. Or they see things being purchased in certain pools of money and not understanding, well, why can't we spend this money on a concert artist? But it really means you just gotta sit down and, and help students understand, this is what we look like on a financial standpoint and this is why we can't do it. Two, students gotta understand that you have to build a relationship with your advisors, your mentors, your, your, um, your administrators and so on. And three, you have to also treat yourself like a, a paraprofessional, as I like to say. When I was student activities board president, I was pulling in on meetings where sometimes I'll be the only student there, meetings with the board of trustees and the chancellors and so on. And I was able to carry myself in an appropriate manner where my advisors felt comfortable enough to send me into that meeting so that I could gain understanding. 
We have to sometimes students as students, we always feel like that everybody's against us or they don't care about us. But the reality of truth is we as students don't take the time to understand why this why these things are happening. Or from a student affairs perspective, we're not transparent enough to let them know. So to obliterate that communication in a positive relationship, I'm not saying you need to be buddy, buddy, go out, hang out, get lunch every week. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying communicate, talk, sit down. And this is something that we flaw with as, as humans too. When we have a problem with somebody, instead of just talking it out, we got to go tell somebody else. We don't never mm-hmm. just run to the person. And that, that transcends over into the work field with students and advisors. If we don't like something our advisor does, we should just tell them or find a, a, a respectable way to say, hey, why is it this? Or why is this the expectation? Or why this is a rule? And then us as advisors sometimes have to remember that yes, we are adults. Yes, we are grown. Yes, we, we, don't, got, we don't owe nothing to nobody. But also, we just can't talk to kids, students, any type of way. You got to respect the fact that they're growing up because I have to think back a lot of times and my students will let you know, I will let them have it. But then I also got to think back sometimes and realize that I can't do that to everybody. Or I have to think about what was effective with me. But my, my advisors and my mentors, they let me have it too. And that's why I, I can do that. I, well, that's why I do that, you know, because mm-hmm. I saw how transformative it was for me. So we have to understand our students, we have to build those relationships and we just have to communicate. And that's just not on a student to student basis. That's with friends too. Communicate, man, because friendships and family is not worth losing over lack of communication. Communication is key. So, like, I know SGAs like collab with a lot of their schools, like especially in North Carolina, because there's so many HBCUs that are close. Why do you feel that student activity boards or CAB or SAB, rather that be um, whatever you have at your school, don't collaborate as often? Um, well, there's a um, a thing in student leadership that I've seen everywhere. Every single school has it, and it's kind of like that elitism kind of aspect. Everybody want to be on top. Everybody want to run the yard. And that's not just a Greek thing. All the clubs and orgs want to run the yard. All the SGAs want to be on top. They want to have the best events. They want to feel like they're rocking, rocking and so on and so on and so on. But the truth of the matter is, you know, we can get a lot further if we just tend to work together. Uh, teamwork is the essence of success. Teamwork is the pure essence of success with any entity. And I think we allow that kind of spotlight, those Instagram likes, the love, the the um, attention that you get from being in a spotlight or being a leader of a premier organization go to our head and affect our ability to be successful as a, a, an entire unit. Um, but if we can just simply learn to work together and collaborate and put pettiness aside, and a lot of times, um, you know, of course we see like, you know, beef and drama and, and uh, competition amongst Greeks, but it'd be with everybody and it's passed down. Somebody may join an organization like CAB or Student Activities Board and be like, oh yeah, we don't rock with X, X, Y, and Z. We don't get down with SGA simply because they just wanted to be the best or two people might have had an issue, you know? But we have to learn to separate our personal from the organizations um, and our pride from the organizations and understand the concept of teamwork because that'll be the only way that we can be successful as an entity. You teaching me something, man. You telling me all the keys that I need to know. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just talking, man, and it's all from the heart, brother. Moving through COVID, though, like, I feel like a lot of um, HBCUs are kind of struggling. I've seen other schools, like, kind of innovate, and I know that some of the schools are trying to do everything virtual. Some people are doing half and half, like a hybrid type of thing. What are some ways that you've been successful with um, student engagement through COVID? Wow, man. So, again, I started my job at the brink of COVID. Like, I started, I had a month and a half to two months on campus, and then, boom, COVID. I'm like, dang, this is crazy. Like, what am I going to do now? Um, but innovation, bro, you got to be innovative. I had to think on a limb, like, you know, I was ready to like, oh, this is my first semester as a director. I need to go all out. Spring fling, going to jump. Probate season going to be lit. Stroll off everything. And then boom, COVID. Like, dang, what I'm going to do now? So I had to think about, one, 
what are my students going to really use? Students hate Zoom. Students hate Zoom. They hate Teams. They hate all of that. I mean, they really hate being on, on anything, but except maybe Instagram Live, YouTube Live, or something like that. So I had to really kind of leverage Instagram and be creative. You know, I thought about like, okay, so what kind of TV shows do people like? So we did like MTV Cribs. Um, I did our pageant virtually from home. Um, I was able to do all kind of spring fling activities and stuff. You just have to be innovative. You have to be quick on your feet. Um, you got to have a sense of creativity. And if you don't have a sense of creativity as a student leader, as a practitioner, you need to reach out to your colleagues, man. It's out there. It's out there. Sometimes there's no need to reinvent the wheel. It's better to um, great artists. There's something that's, it goes like uh, uh, great artists, good artists copy and great artists steal or something like that. And, and it may be kind of wrong, but long story short, ain't no need to reinvent the wheel. If I see something working somewhere, I'm like, okay. So that, that event is called Red, well, I'm gonna call mine Blue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and put your own, you know, put your own pizzazz on it. There's no need to reinvent the wheel, but I'm very blessed to, to have been a very creative and, and um, innovative person. Uh, my mother allowed me to have a very creative shop. You know, they didn't block the concept of Santa Claus. I had Santa Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, everything. <laughs> I still ain't had to talk that Santa ain't real, like if, if you Santa real somewhere. So, um, you know, you really have to think about the creative aspect and then you have to listen to your students again um i poll my students on our instagram account all the time saying what are some things that you want to do virtually because they see there you our students and our peers and they're seeing stuff that other schools are doing too and we just have to figure out how to make it work successful for us so um i'm really quick to the game i'm always ready for a new challenge and COVID was just one of them challenges i was like oh i gotta conquer this and then three because i was like you know ain't no telling how long we about to be working from home and i need to let them know that i'm working from home <laughs> like you know i'm important y'all y'all want to have me around for for a better cause <laughs> speaking of that speaking of what, if it ain't broke don't fix it now premier events now central i've been to central's uh 10 40, not 10 40 break and i've been to um pre-dawn and i know mm-hmm. every year that's a business smack at ant we have the pet rally we have like the gym jam so yeah. what does that look like for saint all man so you know i haven't been able to get to that premier success because of covid um of course the gym jams everywhere you go to gym jams are bumping um and then we we were actually able to have an in-person homecoming kind of and it was very safe man uh, we've been a very blessed campus at saint at saint all with the covid response and everything our university is doing a great job of making sure that our students are safe and um cases have been extremely low so we've been able to kind of do these homecoming events and have like a step show or stroll off or all these other things but that pinnacle premier success i haven't tapped into it yet i really haven't i'm still learning the lay of the land i've been there um just last week was a year for me being in saint so I'm still trying to get to what is that premier thing at St. Off, you know? What is that thing that everybody can't wait for? Um, a lot of my students say, like, there's, like, there's something on the plots and stuff with the Greeks and stuff that happens around homecoming and everything. And I already, like, I had thoughts in my mind, like, how I can take this to the next level. But, you know, I can't put all my, my good ideas out there yet. But, you know, as soon as COVID grab a bag and get everything, get that bread and leave, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to get ready and just take on with it, so... Hopefully I can be a part of that because I know for a fact St. Always is going to be tough. Hey, man, you know, I got DJ Trails. He's officially my assistant director of student engagement now. So he's going to be coming on. Excuse me, my, uh, Mr. Montreal Davis. He's going to be coming on and, uh, you know, he's going to be transformative too, bringing his knowledge and skill set from Winston-Salem State University. Um, shout out to the Rams, to our institution. And so between that and my NCCU experience, man, we're going to really make some some rewarding and, and transformative experiences. This is my golden to have people here 
hear about St. Augustine's University and have them to see that St. Augustine's University is, is no small little school out in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're a premier HBCU. We're a groundbreaking blue ocean of students that we're going to change the world. And I want people to see that. I want St. Augustine's University to be on the map. And that's why I'm here and that's why I'm doing what I want to do. Um, people often ask me, you know, well, do you want to go work here? Do you want to go work there? Eventually, maybe, yes. But right now, I have a mission at SAU and I'm not leaving anytime soon. Now, my last question for you, wrapping it up, everything else. Um, I love to travel and go to other schools. Like I said, I was being in Central. I'd be going to Winston sometimes. But what are some schools that really make you feel at home when you go to them as far as attending their events, whether it be a Howard, FAMU? Um, yeah. Oh, man. My favorite school always will be Bowie State and Morgan State University. It's something about Bowie State and Morgan State that really just gets me excited, man. Um, the family, the love up there. Um, my frat brothers really help kind of. Uh, engage me into the campus culture of there. Of course, being in the fraternity, I crossed my freshman year. So being in the organization, I was able to travel everywhere, man, um, and network with the bros and the other Greeks, man. One thing about me is I tell people jokingly, oh, I hate signals. Like, I don't just hang out with signals. I love everybody, man. I, um, I'm joking when I say that, man. It's blue fire to the day I die. But um, I love my relationships with Greeks everywhere. And I'm going to always, always, always say that schools like Morgan State, Louis state um A&T man I uh I had a when I was SAB uh, president I had a great relationship with all of the uh SAB presidents in North Carolina uh with the CAB presidents and so I was able to like really enjoy a GHO as a college student um because the president at the time really brought me over and did a lot of things for me too so I mean it's everywhere any school any HBCU man you go to there's always some love again because I work with so many people Winston-Salem State too they have this um, thing, this back-to-school thing. Like It used to be like on a basketball court or something. I don't remember what it was called, man, but that joint used to be jumping. I think they moved it inside to their uh, their auditorium eventually, but it, it was a lot. It was a lot of different things, but I'm going to put at the top of my list Bowie State and Morgan State. Man, you making me miss outside, man. There's so many schools I have to hit when I get up out of this, man. Like, I, I went to Texas, uh, what up, like, what, last, I think it was it October last, something like that. But Texas was crazy, too. So you definitely got to go out there to Texas and hang with PV and Texas Southern because it's different mm -hmm. out there. <laughs> hey, man. But I appreciate you for coming up here, celebrating your Founders Day with us on HBCU Post, giving us that insight in that game. I'm about to definitely go back and watch this and write down some notes and give it to my folks at my HBCU. I know well, that's so. right, man. <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much, man. I love you guys. Um, it's all about HBCU Post. Blue Fox to my brothers of 580 Signal Fraternity Incorporated. And I'll check y'all next time. Hey.